Hello there, and welcome to episode two of the refunct. That's not a word. Refunct. <laughs> um, Babbler's Guild. Um, we're back, and last week I started off the episode by saying hello there, as Obi Wan Kenobi does, yeah, and I, I didn't realise. I didn't realise I said it. So when <laughs> editing and listening back, I have decided to keep the motif and say it. Again, just say it at the beginning of all these episodes. So, hello there. How are General you? General Kenobi. General <laughs> Kenobi. How are you, Jamie? Are you doing good? Uh, I'm all right. I mean, as people might be able to tell from my voice, got a little bit of a cold on the sort of back end of that. But um, other than that, I'm pretty good, to be honest. I've had a great time watching, you guessed it, Star Wars over the last week, ready to talk about it. And, oh, uh, definitely. Yeah, how, how about yourself? Watched anything interesting in the last week? Um, I went to see Doctor Strange at the cinema. Now, I know you haven't seen it yet. I've not, but, no. But I did tell you that um, I didn't like it. You did, which was quite surprising. That was not what I was expecting to hear. <laughs> well, I wasn't expecting to think that either. Um, but I just don't like Wanda as a character. I said this in an episode of Babbler's Guild ages ago about TV series. I just I don't know what it is. Is there something about that character? which I just don't get on with, and I can't be doing with it. And it's basically, it should just be called Wanda and the Multiverse of Madness, because it's basically her film. And that's not um, too much of a spoiler, is it? That's that's kind of in no, the trailers, isn't it? it's yeah. basically so, in the so spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert in case you didn't know, Wanda was in the film. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's bits of it that are quite good. There's some like really cool fight scenes in it and some Sam Raimi-isms. But um, yeah, it was a bit flat for me. Like I could have, you know, actually, this is this is even worse than I thought of what I was going to say. Um, I could have probably waited for it to come onto Disney Plus. Oh wow, that bad? How yeah. did it compare to Morbius? Yeah, it was better than Morbius. Right, okay, <laughs> I feel like No Way Home just set the bar so high. As well, I'm not saying that these films are are actually really good. They just look bad because of how how good No Way Home was. But I feel like it's pretty rubbish having to follow that, isn't it? As well, uh, it is, and that sort of sets the bar for all these multiverse films. Now, I do think it is quite brave of them putting together two multiverse films, one after the other, which is, I think, a bit ballsy of them. But you know, I think it's going to be fine. The new Thor looks quite good with yeah. Jane Foster as. The Mighty Thor or Almighty Thor, whatever it's called. So yeah, that should be a good time. But that's all I've watched this week. I haven't really had time because it's been full of year 11 exams, parents' evenings, and all that good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a nightmare. It it is a nightmare. Anyway... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm just absolutely blown Who'd out be a teacher, hey? <laughs> Who'd be a teacher? Apparently me. Um, now, obviously, like Jamie has said, and the title of this video, we're going to be continuing the Skywalker Saga and Rogue One Averse-a-thon, or whatever we're calling it. I don't know what we're calling it. But anyway, probably... So next week will be Revenge of the Sith, and then potentially the week after that instead... Of Rogue One, it may be the first two episodes of Obi Wan. Oh, that is because a good it shot. times quite nicely because it is out on that third week, so it might time quite nicely. 
I think that it's chronological, isn't it? It fits in the timeline quite well as well. So yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? It actually does, doesn't it? Well, it's set yeah, before we'll Rogue One. Three. Yeah. So and it's set yeah. in between Thing and Rogue One. You know what? It's perfect. Then that's fine. So yeah, we'll do that. And then every week we might have a little talk about the every episode if we want. Mm. Who knows? There we go. Who that's bloody the plan. knows? Now. I'm just gonna. I'm not even gonna edit this out, and I've said I'm not gonna edit it out, so I'm not allowed to edit it out. I'm gonna take my headphones off, and I'm gonna go and close the door because it's just come open. <laughs> so you're just gonna hear a load of noises of a door Ree! opening. Bear with. The door is officially closed. Amazing. The door's closed, the chair's creaking, it's all going wrong, we're getting so much interference right now, everything's back to normal. It's time to finish okay. your phone calls and enjoy the movie. It's time <laughs> enjoy <laughs> the movie, turn your phones off. I do like it, um, I promise we are going to get to talking about the film, um, but I love it um, when you go to Odeon, which is a cinema chain in the UK if you don't know, um, and before you have that little spaceman show up and it's sort of like a countdown of like a space countdown it's loads of people going like five four three two one and then it goes oh yeah and then it starts the film for some reason and i've always really loved that (laughs) but unfortunately there's no odians around me so i don't go to the odian anymore no <laughs> i love odian i mean i tend to go to the everyman as well because it's a bit pricey yes. having a sofa and food and drink amazing it is great now i i absolutely adore everyman it's literally probably the best cinema experience I ever have i love it it's a great time anyway we're going to move on talking about cinemas talking yes. about what we might do and we'll actually get to the film now as we did last week, I'm going to play you the trailer for Attack of the Clones. So feast your ears on this. I will not let this republic be split in two. My negotiations will not fail. If they do, there aren't enough Jedi to protect the Republic. We're keepers of the peace, not soldiers. You know I don't like it when you do that. Sorry, Master. I forgot you don't like flying. Well, you've lost him. If you'll excuse me. I hate it when he does that. Anakin, don't do anything without first consulting either myself or the Council. You don't need guidance, Anakin. I see you becoming the greatest of all Jedi. The boy has exceptional skills. His abilities have made him arrogant. Excuse me. I'm in charge of security here, m'lady. They are using a bounty hunter named Jango Fett to create a clone army. Wait. We must stop them before they're ready. Your clones are very impressive. They'll do their job well. Blast! That's why I hate flying! This is a crisis. The Senate must vote the Chancellor emergency powers. As my first act, I will create a grand army of the Republic to counter the increasing threats of the Separatists. Hasn't been a full-scale war since the formation of the Republic. 
You must join me, Obi-Wan. And together, we will destroy the Sith. The dark side clouds everything. In grave danger, you are. That was an epic trailer. I love that one. It's a good one. It was um, very good. Now, last it was a great one. And now, last week, I did say um, preemptively that I do not like this film. Um, obviously, the trailers are designed to trick you into wanting to go and see it. Now, that trailer, <laughs> pretty good trailer to make you want to go and see it. Um, but I'm not saying my opinion of this film has changed. But I actually quite enjoyed the second half of it. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, how are you feeling about it now? Are you a bit more, a bit more warmed up to it, or yeah, a bit I think frosty? I, am. I think I'm a bit frosty and a bit warmed up. I think the first half of the film, probably up to up to Obi Wan going to Kamino, probably up to that point. That's yeah, where I feel it's like a bit, it's a bit boring. It's a bit and I cheesy. I can't be doing with it. Yeah, the whole the whole bounty hunter and the death sticks and uh, yeah, like some of that stuff's good, um, but I just think the flow of the film isn't great until that point. But then it's sort of non-stop. It's we'll talk about it later. But then obviously it's the Obi Wan versus Jango, and then they go to Geonosis, and then it's all this other stuff, and then there's all these battles, and it's great, and it's really good to watch. Yeah. But anyway. I didn't write anything down about the opening credits because I didn't think there was anything of note. But obviously the film starts off with that and I've wrote down as my first note I can't believe everything went so well. Explosion. I thought that was (laughs) such a great start to the film. He's like, God, I can't believe we got here in one piece and then the entire thing blows up. That's great. (laughs) It's just so ironic, isn't it? It, It... It almost felt a bit forced, wasn't it? Like they did it on purpose for comedic effect. That not that it's funny what happens, but you know it's it's not real, obviously, so we can laugh. But the ship landing on the on, on the landing pad. <laughs> oh, what could possibly go wrong? Kaboom! <laughs> I mean, it is. But it's just that line. He's like, God, can't believe everything's all right, and then everybody gets blown up. It's a ridiculous line. Yeah, it's just this. There's, there's quite a few lines in it that I felt were a bit. Um. A bit, a bit strangely worded. Um, that one was just a bit odd to have. It was, it was very forced. It was very predictable what was going to happen as soon as he said that. But there, are, yeah, there are a couple of other lines in the film that I felt, what, what on earth were the script writers thinking? And I'm going to mention this now. We'll probably come on to this scene later on. Okay. It's right. during the Battle of Geonosis when they're landing the, um, what are they called? <laughs> the ships. The ones that they have with the, the turrets on the side, the battleships. Uh, oh yeah, with the little mini Death Stars on the side. Yeah, I forget what they're called. Um, are they carrier ships? Troop or? transport things. Let's just call them yeah. troop transport. Yeah, they're gunships, aren't they? They're gunships. I'm sure they're Pretty gunships. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, anyway, they're coming in and to save the Jedi who are 
all circled by the droids and Yoda goes um, around the survivors a perimeter creates yes and I hate the wording of that like he could have just said create a perimeter around the survivor I know the whole thing about Yoda is he says things backwards but he says things later on I've forgotten the exact line but he says something later on that's a bit longer and he says it you know quite clearly and plainly like he says oh take me to where Count Dooku is and it's rather yeah. than to Count Dooku take me he said so why can't he just say create a perimeter around the survivors or create a perimeter around the survivors we must you know something if they want like to that, that yeah I just felt like that was so forced Yoda it did feel a bit forced that there is a line later on that Yoda says which um which we both actually messaged each other about we which did. we will we'll <laughs> we talk about when we get to that bit of the film but anyway um so immediately Jar Jar is back in it and he's much better I think he's way better in this one I know he's not in it a lot but his speech it isn't as sort of in your face with all the speech now I've written down this because I did a little research again and apparently the original plan for Jar Jar was instead of him having all this accent and stuff that he was going to have been trained to like speak properly, basically have elocution lesson, lessons. Lessons. Right. See, I should have elocution lessons because I said <laughs> lessons, lessons, and um, apparently he was meant to just have like a normal accent, but they cut it and just decided to have him have a less jar 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 accent. Yeah, I felt like it was still jar jar. Obviously, you could still hear it. But what I felt was what he was saying wasn't pointless. There was purpose to what he said in the film. And he wasn't just having a conversation with himself this time. He was actually talking to people. And he was saying sensible things. He wasn't just a bumbling idiot anymore. He was still a bit goofy. Do you know what I mean? But he wasn't wasn't... tripping over and blowing things up. He used to make (laughs) big boom boom. Um, (laughs) It wasn't too much, was it? It was more like, oh, Padme's happy to see you, sir see you sir yeah um. and it's it, like those little like gunganisms are okay to have in yeah like i think they're fine but i think if if they were going to use him and they was went back and remade the first one that should have done the dialogue like that where he's actually saying the things that he's meant to say instead of all the things that don't really make any sense yeah like uh, he, he can talk he, he's, he's an intelligent being <laughs> well debatable in the first episode yeah <laughs> but in the second one he is a bit more intelligent he's especially if you watch the clone wars he has quite a pivotal role in that doesn't he? he's in quite a few episodes of the clone wars. oh yeah um so it was refreshing to see his character not be as stupidly pointless and just there for the sake of it yeah i mean that is quite a nice little refresh now the film like i said gets off to quite a slow start it obviously that thingy everything blows up and then Padme's like oh my oh my god it's someone who's not Natalie Portman who's died and I don't know who that woman is but it's not Natalie Portman no it's not uh, I mean it's oh it's no Keira it's not Knightley. Keira Knightley it's not Keira Knightley sorry it, but it's not Keira Knightley is it who dies it's on the platform it's someone else so has Keira Knightley died in this universe is it another one who knows but anyway they go off and then Obi-Wan and um, Anakin arrive, don't they? And Anakin is immediately in love with Padme. He is fully on it, and he's absolutely in love with her immediately. And it's a bit creepy. Well, it is, because, I mean, there's quite a clear age gap in the first film. Oh, and he's not seen her gap. really since then, has he? Um, and it's like he's a grown well yes he's a grown man I don't know how old he's supposed to be I think he's probably about 
16, 17? Yeah, well, I, no, I see, I tried to work it out, and for some reason, I came up with that he's about 20. So it's about two years before Revenge of a Sith, then, because I think he's 22 in Revenge of a Sith. Yeah, so I think he's meant to be just a couple of years younger than that. So I think he's about meant to be around like 1920 ish. Yeah, he must be an adult because he gets married at the end of it. Spoilers. Um, but... <laughs> Spoilers for this like, nearly 20 year old film. The fact that he fancies someone that he knew when he was a child and he's that obsessed with meeting her that he's nervous and when when she doesn't immediately fall at his feet and propose to him, he's like crying and sulking about it. I'm like, bro. I mean, we should have known at that, but well, we did know what was coming because of the order the film was released. Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> but I think that was a pretty... I, I think when I first watched it, maybe I was just oblivious to it because I was a bit younger, but each time I watch it, I become so much more aware of the fact that they're showing all his flaws and all his... Things that aren't typical of a Jedi, all, all the traits that could put someone down the path that he goes down, the jealousy, the anger, the selfishness, the arrogance, they show so much of that in that film. Yeah, they do. Like It's immediate. Like, his, like cause I love Hayden Christensen as this role. Like Obviously, some of the lines are like incredibly corny, but he says them with like such conviction, and he's like he's a very, I'd say, like convincing character even though it's sort of he's playing this sort of outlandish bloke who obviously obi-wan's going to be constantly annoyed at because he's just (laughs) like oh i'm gonna go and bloody steal this speed he's like where were you and he's like well i had to choose the right speed he's like just pick one just pick a speeder don't pick a a good one and try and crack a joke you're a jedi calm down (laughs) well it does say doesn't he why do i get the impression you're going to be the death of me uh, yes, then... it does a little, little bit of foreshadowing right there. <laughs> and then Anakin's like, don't say that, Master. <laughs> You're like a father to me. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Oh, it's okay. I was just going to move on with the process of the film. You go ahead. Well, the only other thing I was going to mention is you, you, they immediately drop us in to see where Obi-Wan and Anakin are at in their relationship. And they, I feel like they go too far to hit home that Anakin is still a Padawan. And he's young, and Obi-Wan is his master and is training him. Because the amount of times Obi-Wan calls him my young Padawan, despite the fact he's known him since Anakin was a kid and has trained him and presumably been very close to him near enough Anakin's entire life. And he keeps calling him my young Padawan. Yeah, surely they'd be a bit closer than that and have, have other names. Potentially. Just my young I Padawan. Mean, <laughs> potentially, but it's probably all this formalities of being like a Jedi and stuff. Because I can't remember. I mean, does... Obi-Wan, I mean, sorry, does Qui-Gon Jinn ever call Obi-Wan Obi-Wan, or does he always call him Padawan? I think he does call him Obi-Wan, yeah. Right, I, I think he's, he's, he, he alternates between back. them, so maybe, maybe. Um, but I, I, I feel like the relationship was obviously so close between Anakin and Obi-Wan, I don't know, maybe I'm just nitpicking, but I did find it a bit strange that that's all he really called him in the film. Yeah, well, on it. Well, um, you can send a letter to um, the <laughs> Skywalker Ranch and see what they say. Um, <laughs> so after that, after Anakin immediately falls in love with Padme, and they all shake all hands, and he's like, "Oh, well, maybe we should become bounty hunters and hunt these people down who are trying to kill you." And Obi Wan's like, "What the hell are you on about? Like, that's not what we're meant to do." They end up staying basically just living in there and. R2 at night is apparently set to being an alarm if any danger arises. And this woman, this 
mute this whatever it is what is it a change changeling changeling Changeling. this changeling bounty hunter um fires these two big squid things um these big weird bug things into the room to try and kill padme and r2 sensors are set off but all he does is shine a flashlight and just goes Eh, must have been nothing. <laughs> it's like he's the worst alarm in the world. The worst alarm in the world. Yeah, you think that given how superior Artu is in the rest of the saga and how he's just like the guy that carries the whole six films. Um... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, six films. Six films. We, and Rogue One. Yeah. Um, there are no more. You'd think that because no he carries them on his little metal shoulders that he'd be able to spot a couple of little bugs. Yeah, exactly. And it, honestly, I found that so weird that he didn't, that he's, his sensor was a flashlight and it wasn't an actual like sensor that you could hear stuff with. I found that a bit odd. Speaking of sensing, because it's, it's Anakin and Obi-Wan that sense it, isn't it? They just randomly stop mid-conversation. Yes, I sense they do, it too. yes. And that's pretty cool. That That's pretty cool that they're both Jedi and they yeah, can that sense things great. with their force powers. Um I'm kind of would have liked to have seen Anakin sense it more than Obi Wan because I feel like Anakin's priorities would have been more there than maybe Obi Wan. Anakin would be more worried about her, caring of her, and he's supposedly stronger with the Force than whether he's you know trained enough to use it. I think that would have yeah. been interesting to see him be the one that oh master, we need to go in there now, and he's like no, it's fine, and he'll be like oh, but I trust my feelings, and he run in and go get it, and then. Well yeah, done, that would have been an interesting way. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, oh, well done. I would have buggered that one up. Um, yeah. That would have been good. Um, talking about that when they run into the room, why in the Star Wars universe do all those buildings on Coruscant only have single glazed windows? Because there is no chance in hell that Obi-Wan would have been able to smash through that window, jump through it, if it was double glazed. I think as well, it's a bit silly because they're quite high up, aren't they? A lot of the buildings, where and it's yeah, very and windy. You see them when they go out on the balcony; jump. it's very windy. Surely that is very noisy on the windows, and they flex and uh, clang and uh, flex very and clang, flex and clang. I couldn't think of better words. I do think that's um, <laughs> a bit a bit strange that maybe they're like they could have some super space glass, particularly when they know that. Padme's in danger. Oh, we'll put her in a room that's easily accessible from the outside with very thin glass. Oh. Yeah, I did, I did think that was a bit odd. Like, But obviously, he may have used a super force run to get out, but it didn't look like he did. It Maybe. looked like he just dove out the window unless he used like the force to vibrate his fingers so fast well, that it shattered the glass. I don't think that's a Jedi move, but I'm going to go for it. Well, here's another force question about how strong they are with the force. Would you say that a lightsaber should be able to cut through a bed sheet? Yeah, of course, of course it bloody right. would. I mean, I don't know so, why it doesn't. So the reason why I'm asking this is because when they run in the room to kill the worm things, in more or less one fell swoop of his lightsaber, Anakin cuts both the bugs in half and they go flying, but there's no damage he to the does. bed. Yes, I thought that as well. And I, I think the exact same they're, thing. They're, it's not like they jump off the bed at him and he swipes through them. I thought surely there'd be some damage to the bed or he'd have taken half her hip off or something. If she, I don't know, if she was a side sleeper, if she was a front, uh, front sleeper, then uh, 
she, she might have needed some cosmetic surgery. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I did the little things like that, and I think it's something that that maybe will come up later on, and we'll talk about it a bit more. But I feel like out of all the films in the entire saga, this was almost like, aside from the actors, it was an animated movie. Yeah, it did. It, it there really were very felt few like they'd felt like they'd sort of brought brought a comic to life even like they'd yeah. like wrote a comic and gone okay let's not release that let's just put it as a film that's what it feels like yeah it was very animated i know there were a few sets like tatooine and um, naboo are real places uh that they filmed in but i think near enough everything else was just screen screen and it yeah, was most of it was i know um dexter jetster's diner was all real um, oh, really? yeah that's real and Padme's like apartment is real but yeah most of it is all green screen especially in that second half of the film where they're on Camino and um, and Geonosis but going back to when we jumped out the window that chase through Coruscant is great it's so it good. good like I was watching it I was like oh this is how the film should have started yeah because like, I like it when they start with flight uh space yeah. scenes, like flight fight and flight scenes i can't talk today it would have been it would oh, don't do not worry my brain is completely frazzled um it would have been so much better like to just to have maybe a little bit of oh someone's trying to assassinate that could have been the starting crawl like many assassinations attempts have been made on um padme um as she's the whatever of the senate and people are trying to kill her and then we get into that the Jedi have been tasked to defend her, and then then it starts off with that big chase. That may have been a better start, but you know that would have been very good. I think it would have yeah. cut out the whole Anakin to mopey teenager. Yes, you know. it would have done, uh, and got rid of the needless. Well, that went fine. Kaboom! Yeah, I, I, I think obviously some scenes were put in just to. Had that bit of comedic value, but anyway, they chase this changeling through the skies. All of this stuff happens. Um, it basically means they're invincible because they fall through the sky and don't die. It's great. Um, and then they crash land and they enter a bar where they sort of get split up. And I really appreciated it when Anakin said to everyone, "He's like, where are you going?" And he just looks at him dead in the eye and he says. To get a drink, <laughs> he just goes to the bar. <laughs> I think that was such a good line. It was so funny. I like as well when the guy tries to sell him death sticks at the bar, and he uses the Jedi mind tricks. I, I felt like that was only in there to like nod to, um, Alec, Alec Guinness, um, his portrayal in the Jedi mind tricks, the way he did it. Oh, it, definitely. I did think that was a good. Way he comes up, and he's like, "Hey, you want any death sticks?" He's like, "You don't want to sell me any death sticks." And I was like, "Ah, I don't want to sell you any death sticks." It's so good. It's just go a home, really good bit. <laughs> he's like, "I want to go home and rethink my life." It's yeah, really that, good. That's an incredible impression. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Um, honestly, that bit, I've, I think I've always liked that bit because I was just going, eh, "That's good." But anyway, um, Obi Wan senses it, doesn't he? He senses yes. the change and coming from behind him. He does like a and the arm comes off, and they question, and then Jango Fett get shoots, and it shoots the little Kamino dart into the neck. Now. I don't know what version you watched. Did you watch it on Disney Plus? I did, yeah. So, did you vividly remember that when 
she gets shot in the neck and killed, that there's a shot of Django flying away with his rocket, with his jetpack. He did. You see him fly away, didn't you? Everyone but, looks yeah. up and you see him fly away, but I didn't see it in the Disney Plus yeah. version. I thought it I was wasn't going mad. in. No, I yeah, did it wasn't wonder. in there. I thought I was going crazy. Because I remember that shot and I went, oh, that must be later on. But then it didn't happen. No, I'm sure it did. I'm going to have to go back and watch the DVD uh, Yeah, they must version. be. I know what, I, I'm I've sure got... he looks up and you see... Because yeah, there's a bit, isn't there, where when Obi-Wan goes to Kamino, he's talking to Jango Fett and then he sees the armour in the room behind Jango yeah, Fett. Yeah, and that's like, why. He sees it that's why he knows. Door, yeah. And that's why he, go, he knows it's the bounty hunter. So I so don't know why they sense. remove that. It doesn't make sense to remove it. I don't... Oh, I well, really don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, I've forwarded on because I don't because nothing really happened in between that. It was just sort of lots of talking and politics that didn't really interest me. This is what I mean. The first half I didn't really interest me apart from the chase scene. Um, but I've written down. Um, I'm just going to say the next one, and then we'll move on to the other bit, which I've put in capital letters. Um, so the first one I've put is the best way to travel undetected in Star Wars is to get the public bus. That's just what I've wrote, because I thought it was very strange that they was like, oh, God, everybody knows your face. You've got to go undetected. And it's just like, get the space bus. Yeah, I, I did it's think ridiculous. that was really strange that they're just on, it's ridiculous. On, a, on a bus, like monorail. Uh, it was. It was like a monorail, wasn't it? It was very future armour. <laughs> like, oh, it bloody was. It, yeah, it was um, when they were all in those like tubes flying through the city. Um, it actually is. <laughs> it was a bit strange. And, and then when they said, oh, we need to go somewhere where they won't find her. And it's like, we'll take her to her home planet. We'll like, take her home. Obviously, <laughs> okay. they're going to look there. You're, you're idiots. Um, the next, the, It is. It actually is plot armour. The next thing that I've written down, which links in with that, um, and I don't know if you'd have noticed it in it, but I just found it incredibly weird. Now, seeing as uh, Yoda has his own little floaty device later on, which he can just sort of float around on, why, in Star Wars, are they using regular suitcases? I also... <laughs> I also picked up on this, that Yoda was just kind of like floating, and he had his chair, and we obviously don't need wheels, but I suppose... Padme's not a force user, is she? And they were her suitcases. But still, do you not just find it weird that even re- they, do, they were just regular suitcases from Yeah, Earth. like maybe they'd they have were like hover cases that the prototype yeah. droids move and things that. Not a normal maybe. suitcase, it's ridiculous. It did, it looked like they did. the prop department were like, actually, we didn't think that we'd need suitcases. Has anyone made any futuristic ones? And it's like, now nah, we'll just go down to Tesco and we'll spray paint them grey. <laughs> That's literally what it was. I bet you they did that. I bet you they just went Florence right. and Fred we're going, suitcases. We're going to Dunelm <laughs> and we're getting some suitcases. That's what we're doing. Shout out to Dunelm. Great shop. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing shop. Um, <laughs> no, not so yeah, really sponsorship. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, so they obviously go to Naboo, back to her homeworld, where they think she's going to be safe. And then we cut to Obi-Wan trying to search for Kamino in the star charts, and he can't find it anywhere. And the librarian is really sassy with him, and she's just like, well, if it's not there, it doesn't exist, does it, you idiot? Mm, Jocasta um, 
It's great. Uh, apparently, her character's been fleshed out in the comic books, and she's this like really cool Jedi yeah. librarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know much about it myself, but people that I know that have read all the comics say, "Oh, yeah, actually, she has like loads of personality." And is, that's great. Yeah, the fact that they know her name, I was like, "Well, that's something," because I didn't. I do now. Jocasta New. Um, is that what her name is? Jocasta New. Jocasta New. So sounds like an instrument. J O C A S T A N U. I believe. Yeah, she was um, she was a quite a good character for the five seconds she was in it. Anyway, there were some he... deleted scenes. Sorry, oh. off track. There were some no. deleted scenes on the DVD for episodes two and three, I think, where she's in it a bit more. Like Obi Wan oh, right, okay. goes to the archives, I think, um, in episode three to find information about Utapau. I want to say, right? Okay, um, and she talks him through some stuff. Anyway, uh, I digress. Oh, that's okay. No, any other information is great for this. The the Obi Wan, I was about to say. Obi Wan doesn't know what to do, so he decides to turn to Master Yoda. Now we we've gotten to the bit which me and Jamie messaged each other <laughs> about, which is possibly the most ridiculous line out of any Star Wars films. Now Obi Wan goes into a room, and Yoda is training a load of younglings, and he decides to bring up this star chart. And he looks over to one of the younglings, and what does he say, Jamie? He says, Liam, get the shades. Liam, why is there a character in Star Wars called Liam? It's absolutely (laughs) ridiculous. We both picked up on it, didn't we? Because you've got all these names, particularly in the prequels. You've got Anakin, Obi-Wan, Yoda, Mace, Ben, Kayadi, Plo, Kit Fisto, Padme, um, Jar Jar. Yeah, Kit Fisto. Bale. Then there's a a guy called... Sheev. Liam. (laughs) And then Liam. (laughs) Just Liam. It's just the most vanilla name. I suppose we do have, have, (sighs) you know, traditional names like like your name, Luke, obviously. Yes, like Um, my name, Luke, but I don't. I feel like that's obviously when they go so futuristic and all these fancy names in the prequel. It's just Liam. <laughs> yeah, you've got to stick. You've got to stick with the Star Warsy names. You can't just go. Nah, the younglings can be anything. But then that's telling me: is that the only Jedi from Earth? Oh. Like, is it an Earth Jedi? Who knows? I wonder, though, is it maybe a case that when they have these names, it's it's some sort of pseudonym or, or way to keep them safe? So, um, like, well, Padme, Padme named Luke, but he was in hiding on Tatooine. Obi-Wan changed his name to Ben. <laughs> yes, ben. he did. Uh, ben. <laughs> Just Ben. Really simple. Um, we'll send Luke to live with Owen and Ben will watch over them <laughs> oh yeah Owen, Ben, Luke and Liam they are the um, the most normal names in all the universe yeah there's not many other just normal names is there no I, I mean especially are. when especially when there's one called Dexter Jetster yeah. yeah I mean that is a fantastic name for a character what do you know? been in it a bit more he was a great character Anyway, we're going to move on from Liam because I can't talk about Liam anymore because it frustrates me too much. <laughs> that is someone called Liam. Obi-Wan, um, when he gets to Camino, my laptop has corrected Camino to be spelled with a C, which is really annoying me. El Camino. Um, it's, the way. Yes, El. Yeah, it, exactly. it translates to the way. This is the way. 
This is the way. Esta es el camino. Um, I've put... <laughs> it's in Spanish on us. Um, I've put that Obi-Wan, I loved when he gets to Camino, his what-the-hell-is-going-on attitude. Because he, he obviously he gets there and he's told that by Dexter that he needs to watch his manners and that he needs to be sensible while he's there. And I love that he just goes along with it. Like, the lead, the Camino president guy just says to him, oh, you've got 200,000 troops and there's more than a million on the way. And he's like, oh, that's great. Thanks for letting me know. <coughs> it's just, it's so, oh, don't worry. It's honestly, it's so good. It's so good that he's, he's just fully so going along He's with like, it. yes, I, I certainly know why I'm here. I'm here because of Cypher Diaz. And they're like, who? And he's like, ah, oh, oops. <laughs> so, oh, oh, oh dear. Um, and then he's like, yeah, he died 10 years ago. And they're like, oh, sorry for your loss. <laughs> I just, yeah, the way he wings it is just so funny. He's just there, like, having a great time. Like, yeah, I'm here. Don't know why. Don't know what I'm doing. But we'll find out. We'll find out what's going on. I like all that Camino stuff. It's pretty good but then it cuts to Anakin and Padme in the incredibly famous scene and the incredibly famous way that we've decided to rate these films where he's talking about how coarse the sand is and that he hates sand and I've just written down that it's really weirdly delivered I don't like sand it's coarse and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere it's, it's that line, it's that bit when he says everywhere, he doesn't say everywhere he say he goes Everywhere. 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 Wire. And he's like it's... looking down really sadly, like he's about to drop some yeah. you know, useful knowledge on the world. And I saw something the other day actually, and it goes, Anakin isn't really saying that he hates sand here. What he's saying to Padme is he didn't have the luxuries of growing up like she did. He grew up as a slave in a desert with his mother. Um, and that was all he ever knew. He didn't have any luxuries of anything but sand, and that's why he grew to hate it. And someone was like, well, if that's what they meant, they paid the screenwriters enough to write that line rather than saying, I hate sand. And I was like, yep, I agree. <laughs> yeah, he could have just said something like, oh, you see that sand over there? I wish I'd never see a drop of sand again. I hate it, because I spent so long on that bloody planet. That's all he needs to say. Not, oh, it's coarse, and it's where. That's how he sounds. And it gets everywhere. It's weird. It's weird. It's a weird way of doing that line. Now, I love, I don't know why I'm speaking like this, the design of the clone troopers. I think it's great. Yeah, the first generation clone troopers. It's amazing. It's it, cuz it's really so is. close to being a stormtrooper, but it's sort of so far removed that it does look like something completely new and I think that's a really fine line to cross and it's great. Yeah, I, f- I find it quite strange how as it goes. I know that obviously because the chronological order of the films when you get to the the sort of 4, 5 and 6, they were made a lot earlier, so they're not there's less scope for them to be able to look as futuristic, but I feel that when you think of things that look more futuristic, they make it sleeker, shinier, um, more streamlined, and that's what these clone troopers look like. So they're fantastic. But I think the the later stormtrooper look is is yeah, it fits in with like the imperial theme, which is really yeah, good. Yeah, really, um, it really does. Now I've got a really interesting fact for you that I found. Um, I hope it's true. Because if it's not, I'm going to cry. I'm not going to cry. Um, so apparently, there has never been an actual physical clone trooper helmet put onto film 
There's not a real one. Every single one that's ever been on screen is all CGI. I could picture that because they were definitely CGI in episode two. I'd have to go back to episode three and watch. But yeah, no, I I can see about that. I'm picturing the movements of like Cody and things in episode three. Even his head, when you see his head, it looks like it's been CGI'd onto. Oh, yes, I noticed that like, as his well. His head looks real, that. but the body looks CGI. Like he's wearing like a green suit. Yes, definitely. And, just, and he's yeah. Probably got a ball under his arm to represent the helmet or something. But yeah, apparently there's never been, never been an actual clone trooper helmet yeah, put to screen, no, never a real one, which is a weird fact. I can't remember. What, did I call him Tamara Morrison just then, or did I call him yes. something completely different? I did. Good. I, I, for some reason, I thought I'd called him Coyote Mundy, <laughs> who's a completely <laughs> I mean, different character. It is. Um, but yeah, Tamara Morrison, who obviously plays all the clones. Uh, <laughs> that's that's quite impressive that he managed to play that many characters. It is. Now I I, I would be able to do it. Like you'd have to do like I don't even know you'd actually have to clone yourself in real life to be able to do that I don't think we can do that yet I said to a friend the other day that I was a bit disappointed that in the Clone Wars they just used the same character model for every clone and it was a bit uninventive just to have them all look the same and he thought I was being serious (laughs) what did he say? He was like, but they're clones. They're supposed to look the same because they're clones. And I'm like, yeah, but they could have like, you know, given them different personalities, different voices. They could have all looked different, different heights, different races. But, but they're clones. But they're clones. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> but why would they all be the same? They're clones. <laughs> and it went on for a, for a while. Well, you keep on annoying that person, and we need to get a um, like a tip jar going of how many times you've. Annoyed that person with it's like going into Poundland and asking the assistants, "How much is this? (laughs) How much is this?" And they're like, "It's a pound, sir." And you're like, "Hmm, seems a bit expensive to me." (laughs) They're like, "But that's how much everything is in this shop." (laughs) Oh God, we've already got onto the pound shop talk. This is a great time. We 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 are. (laughs) I am diverging. I do apologize. Yeah, we are absolutely diverging. I'm going to move straight on to. A little section I call Count Dooku. It's not a section. I just want to say about Count Dooku. This time around, watching it, I felt that Count Dooku isn't a bad guy. Did you get that? Yeah, almost like he was a bit woke. He wasn't an evil person. He was just very hyper aware he had no almost like you look at people like um other sith lords or or you look at maybe the way they were during the the empire uh like vader would just kill anyone in his path for the sake of it and they were very brutal whereas i felt like count dooku if he had no business with you he just wouldn't care he would yeah, only like he would only harm people who actively tried to stop him or were in his way. So you saw with the ex- when they were trying to execute Obi Wan, Anakin, and Padme, he just was there like meh. He weren't like supportive. He weren't against it. He was just there spectating. Yeah, he did. He had that conversation was... with Obi Wan, didn't he? Where he said, "I just see through the lies." Yes, this is this is what I was going to say. So when Obi Wan is all chained up, when they actually get to Geonosis, yeah. we'll move on to that in a second. But. I felt like that when he's like trying to convince him, he's like, oh, we can take down the Sith together. I don't think he was lying. I think that's completely honest and true. I think he genuinely isn't a Sith or a Jedi, but the only way for him to get what he wants is by moving to the dark side to use those powers. 
Yeah, he's very calm and calculated. Um, he's very methodical and logical. Whereas you see with the other Siths, it's just pure blind rage when they fight. Yes, it's, it's, it's just all about the strength, kill. isn't it? Whereas he actually, he tests a few things and then he says to Yoda at the end, he goes, it's obvious we cannot, you know, win for our knowledge of the Force. We must use lightsabers. Um, and for him, it's like he wants a fair contest. And yeah, he doesn't want to cheat. He doesn't he even... wants it to be correct. Yeah. He doesn't he even have respects. to kill them. He just leaves. He fin. He, he, you know, he would have left anyway. He was on his way out. He was just leaving, and they tried to stop him. And then when he could leave, even though he probably could have finished them off while Yoda was lifting that big thing in the air, he could have easily gone and killed Yoda. He didn't. He just yeah, left. but but he's still got that Jedi respect in him. Yeah, hasn't he? Now, absolutely. I I have also written um, now. My, I, I like it because my. Once again, my computer's auto-corrected Django to Mango. So I'm just going to read out what uh, I've put. I've put Count Dooku, in brackets, Darth Tyrannus, hired Mango. That's what it says. It says hired Mango. Anyway, yeah, so obviously when Obi-Wan goes and he actually finds Django in Kamino, he says to him, he's like, oh, have you, do you know of the man who hired you, um, Cypher Diaz? And Django says, no, I haven't got a clue who that is. I was hired by a man called Tyrannus. Yeah. So if that's true, did Cypher Diaz ever actually, actually create the clone army? Or was it Count Dooku pretending to be Cypher Diaz as like an alias but then hiring somebody to create this army for good. So was that his plan all along? I really don't know. Yeah, it's confusing, isn't it? And I've only thought yeah. of all these things watching it this time. Well, obviously, they were cre- all the clones were created with the inhibitor chip, so the Emperor was obviously involved to some extent, or, or the Chancellor at that stage. I know yeah. this is probably explored a lot more in Clone Wars. Um <sighs> There's there's so many things that yeah I probably need the, the answers are probably out there, but I don't know. They are, but I, I can't be bothered to look. Oh. <laughs> so, so there I'm are a lot of interesting just things. Speculate. I think as well that coming back to the idea that maybe he's not a, a bad guy, I think he was right when he said that Qui Gon probably would have been on his side. Like I think Qui Gon could have left the Jedi Order, been a bit like Ahsoka. Yeah, and have been sort of like in the grey zone Jedi, of. Yeah. Yeah, not in, not one or the other. Yeah. Which would have been quite a cool, that would have been quite a cool thing to see. There is lots of them to unpack there. Now I'm going to move swiftly on. I'm going to just run off a load of things. Now, obviously, at the end of that scene, Django and Obi Wan have this great fight. Now I've just written, I love the bit where Obi Wan karate kicks Django out of the air. I thought that was really good. And this is the bit where I thought the film really really picks up from this fight scene because it's just it's non-stop from there you also get c-3po coming back full gold he's back and then you get anakin slaughtering those tuscan raidens raidens tuscan raiders and i thought it was great that scene actually yeah, they usually he did. He slaughtered thought it was a bit he? cringe i usually thought it was a bit cringe but i really liked it this time like seeing his sort of sudden turn from an angsty teen to full-on rage man. And it was not just the men, but the women and the children too. And the children too. Not the dogs, though. He didn't not kill those weird Tuscan dogs. 
No, but the kids, they can get it. He definitely, yeah, definitely <laughs> killed the kids. But he didn't mention the dog, so that's one thing. That's one good mm. takeaway from that scene. Now, after that, they are captured and they are on Geonosis and they get taken away, don't they? And they're all on Geonosis and everybody ends up there because they, they, they go to try and save Obi-Wan, don't they? They go to try and save him. They do. Obi-Wan sends the... Him, yeah. um... He uses R4P17 is the droid that he has with him. Uh, fun fact. Easy, to, easy to say. Uh, and that he uses R4 to send a transmission to R2 to say that he's located the bounty hunter on Geonosis, um, and that I think Count Dooku's there as well or something. Um, right. And he asked them to relay that transmission to the council, and they do. You know, Anakin does relay it to the council. But he also goes to try and save Obi Wan. I think Padme talks him into it. I want to say we've just I've watched it today and I can't remember that bit. I was I think so. I I watched it in chunks over last week. So I watched it in like half an hour each day just to like fit little bits in. Um, but I think I think you are right in saying that. But I like it when they get there. I think it's yeah. really good. Like it's from like I've like I said from Django, but from all the Geonosis bit is great and the jump in use of cgi is fantastic all the things that are cgi look even better and we'll talk about it next week but the jump again to revenge of the sith is crazy how good the cgi is Massive, that is yeah it, it's incredible the jump in like not that what in like six years they went from sort of quite good cgi in the phantom menace to something that's better than a lot of stuff that you see today in Revenge of the Sith. Revenge anyway, of we're, the not Sith about, we're not going to talk about. We're not. We're not going <laughs> to talk about Revenge day. of the Sith because I'm. I. I could happily sit here and talk about it because I've watched an hour of it so far and it's. It's yeah. It's bloody. It's bloody great, isn't it? It's really good. Yeah, film. the the Joy Factory <laughs> scene's really good. You know, on Geonosis. Yes, yes it really is. good. Apart from the fact that they show the same shot of Padme scrambling against the wall of the bucket <gasps> about yes, eight I times in a row. That. I know that. Same, I'm yes, pretty sure it's the exact stupid. same shot. She just jumps up and she's not getting anywhere. And I think one of them's flipped as well, isn't it? It's over to the other yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mirrored. I think that's yeah. been on like greatest movie mistakes or, or something like that at one point. Like, oh, if you look, has. her her armband, like the silver armband, changes sides, and it's the exact yeah. same facial expressions. But you see, it's we we're noticing this because we're really looking at these films in depthfully this time. If we if we yeah. weren't looking at it, I probably wouldn't have even noticed that much to be honest. You'd just be like, she can't get out. <laughs> like, that's it. She can't get out, and she's it's struggling. great. She's gonna do it this time. Ah, <laughs> uh, she's not. Ah, oh, did he to the rescue? <laughs> he rescue. He actually rescues every single person, even C three PO. Now talking to C three PO, it's great. His return is great to this film. I loved, and I was really hesitant because I thought I wasn't going to like it, but I really like when his head gets switched with a battle droid. Yeah. I actually found it incredibly funny. I found it really, really funny. Well, it was great. It was a great watch. It was just funny to see him walking out into the middle of that battle when all the Jedi are there and all the... Um, clone troopers have come down and they're having that massive battle in the Geonosis place um, in the like the gladiator arena and he's just like stumbling around and then R2 comes and like pops his head off and like tries to save him it's a really good good just bit 
for the film to have in, and that's a type of comedy that should have been used in the first one rather than Jar Jar Binks. I mean, that's what the droids are there for, really. They're comic relief, aren't they? They are, and it's great comic relief. Yes, yes, yes. Oh. Now, going to move on. We've got... I've, I haven't got many things left on the list, actually. So we should be right on time. Now, I've written, and I always forget that this is... This is used in it just before Dooku leaves the Gladiator Arena. I don't know what's the actual name, is it? So I'm going to keep calling it the Gladiator Arena. Every, before he leaves the arena, I always forget that. Is it. Oh, what is that Geonosian's name? Whatever the head Geonosian is I called. I couldn't tell you. I f- always forget. And I remembered it when I was watching the film. And I was like, ah, oh, that's his name. Anyway, let's call him Bug Boy. Bug Boy hands over to Count Dooku a little a little hologram of the Death Star. And I think that's incredible that this early on they've got the Death Star in there. It had been planned for a while. It's quite interesting to see. So that tells me did the Geonosians design it? Is it a Geonosian design? Potentially, because they're quite good architects. With all the hives they have and all the things that they've built, so the technology they've got the you know all the factories there as well yeah i don't know maybe maybe i don't know where it was manufactured so obviously they could have used geonosis as a big manufacturing plant for all the pieces for the vessel but i just thought that was a nice little feature to sort of pop in i've also wrote down that dooku probably should have been the villain of all three films and then in the third one it was revealed that he was actually a good guy yeah maybe um I suppose it's hard because I think George Lucas wanted to just tell the story of Anakin's downfall, didn't he? And that maybe yeah. have, having a, a villain who in the end, oh, actually, I'm a good guy, it kind of detracts from that maybe a little bit. But no, I agree that he could have been the one to be like... Um, he could have maybe brought the Jedi's attention to Anakin. But maybe he was there with the Chancellor and then saw Anakin being brought in and... War, maybe like, had a warning to Obi Wan or something. Like if they had, a, if him and Obi Wan had a battle where he's like he's not doing it to help the Jedi, but it's just like, oh, you should be mindful of your apprentice. You know, here he has close relationships with the Chancellor, who's not who you think he is, or something. Um, I think something like that would have been quite cool. Yeah, it would have been. I just think it would have been nice because, because obviously, like we were debating earlier on, we were saying, was it was. Dooku actually behind the creation of all the clone troopers and was it him all along and it was he actually being genuine when he was talking to Obi-Wan it would have been like a nice little subtle thing so in the first one having like as this really evil guy and it's like oh he's the big bad guy it's Count Dooku and then in this one have those little bits in where it's like oh does he want to take down the Sith or is it a trick and then in the third one it can be he turns on the Emperor at the end. and I mean, obviously he's going to get killed because he needs to get killed by the Emperor because he's not in the other ones. So. Do you know what would have been great? If Dooku had finally succeeded and was about to take down the Emperor. Oh, and then yeah, Anakin and then killed Anakin. Dooku. Yes! Oh, and that gave would have been great. Hate. That would have been pretty oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Why didn't we make Rather them than Mace when... Windu, it would have been we Count Dooku. Have, we should have made these films when we were like seven years old. It would have been... Would have been so much better. If we maybe found out this entire time that Duke had been sent by Yoda on a mission to infiltrate the the Sith Order and I don't know. And no, Yoda that, actually that's... knew that 
he had a Sith Lord hiding under his nose because Yoda's actually that powerful that he probably should have bloody noticed. He probably probably should have bloody noticed, and that would have been a nice little twist. Just very quickly before it leaves my mind, when Obi-Wan's in the library looking at the star charts before he actually gets it, before the librarian talks to him, the bust that he's looking at, is that of Count Dooku? It is, yeah. Yes, because I couldn't tell if it was or not. So yes. obviously a pretty prolific Jedi then. Yeah, I I get the impression they don't really talk about it too much. That They almost didn't know that he'd defected or gone rogue. Yeah, so it's almost like they think he just left the order and he's gone. Or he just died or went MIA and then they suddenly find him and it's like, oh, traitor! <laughs> yeah, traitor, he's back, traitor's back. But I thought that was a nice little, nice little thing to add in. Anyway... So they're all on Geonosis, they all find each other, and then they're in the gladiator arena, they kill some big, big weird animals from other planets, then there's a big battle, and then they go on the run and try and chase down Count Dooku, and they end up in this little, little room, and Obi-Wan and Anakin basically have Count Dooku cornered, they have him fully cornered, and Obi-Wan looks at Anakin and says, right, we're going to do this together. And Anakin basically just goes, nah, I've got this. And he gets absolutely destroyed by some lightning. And it's incredible. And it's just like, right, don't try and do it yourself because it's not going to work. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It is actually, he was just like, oh, oh dear, I've lost. I think it's, again, it just shows his arrogance, doesn't it? And, and his overconfidence. Um, yeah, it definitely does. And it, it just highlights his force. And the reason he's doing it is because... Uh, or that they hurt Padme. Uh, they caused her to fall out of the ship, and he's angry about it. Yeah, and he's like full on raging, isn't he? He's like full on out there, and it's like I'm not gonna think about what I'm doing. My actions don't really matter anymore. I'm just gonna go full in and just attack with no, no even like trying to guess what Count Dooku's attack's going to be. Obviously, it's going to be lightning. But I think that fight's great. It shows you. How much of a skilled fighter Count Dooku is, and I think that was a really nice thing to see. Even though I did notice in a few places um, a bit of a dodgy head replacement for um, Christopher Lee's head onto a stunt double's body. Well, he must have been late eighties doing that. Um, I think so. actually, do you know what? I think because how old was 80s? he when he died? I want to say ninety-two. You know what? I'm going to search it. We haven't done it this episode. I'm actually going to search something. It was up 2015 that he died. Right. What's um, Christopher? So Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. Uh, yes, he died on the 7th of June, and he was. How I want to say it was either 92 or 93. Yeah, he was getting on, wasn't he? He was 93. There we go. And Star Wars Episode 2 came out in 2002, so that would have made him 80. 80. 80, yeah. 80, yeah. God, honestly. Good for 80 in those films. Yeah. Just a quick shout-out to Christopher Lee. What a absolute, like, just legend of the screen. Just looking here on IMDb, he's got 283 acting credits. Incredible. Like that's that's like that's mental. Like how much stuff he was in, and he was in the original um, Wicker Man as well, wasn't he? And he was Dracula. He's great. He's like he's well, he he met Tolkien and he and James Bond was based off him because he was yes. Ian Fleming's cousin. 
Yes, um, I think so, yes. And he had a heavy metal band. Um, oh, yes, he does have a heavy metal he band, did yeah. everything, didn't he? Um, yeah, shout out to Christopher Lee. What an amazing life. What an amazing man. It was, and obviously his most prolific role and the one that he's best remembered for as playing Willy Wonka's dad. In Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. In Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He did, he did, didn't he? (laughs) Yes, played Dr. Wonka, his most famous role I haven't seen my cuspids like these since Willy. (laughs) It's such a a good line, it's such a good line. Maybe we should watch watch those and compare them, watch the original, watch the original and watch the... Um, Tim Burton one that'll be that'll be an absolute time oh do you know what with these podcasts there's no knowing where we're going there is no knowing where we're going honestly you're full of bloody references today honestly I'm in a world of pure imagination honestly I was going to try and follow it up but I couldn't think of one and you've already beat me to it to another one I set the bar too high you need a great glass elevator to reach it oh god honestly these are (laughs) Still good, but they're getting incrementally worse as they go along. <laughs> but you know what? They're still good, and I think they're still appreciated. I appreciate them anyway. Yeah, I think I think we've uh, I've run out though. <laughs> He's ran out of steam. Um, finally, I actually quite liked Yoda's fighting style. I thought I wasn't going to like it, and I actually felt quite happy seeing him fly around the screen. Yeah, I think it's really refreshing because that'll be the first taste you've seen of Yoda. Even even if you look at you know the original trilogy, he's old and very slow, and you see him in the prequels, and he's again he's very old and slow, and he has a walking stick, and he doesn't even really walk, does he? he has a little carrier thing that he floats in that we mentioned. Yes, he does. And then yeah. all of a sudden, it's like, well, if I whip my robe off, <laughs> he's like, we are, and he's like going absolutely crazy. But then. That says to me, is he pretending to be like a little crippled man? I wonder if he just channels the force. Maybe, and it just well, allows Darth Maul channeled to... the force to stay alive, didn't he? When he when he died, he used the force to keep himself preserved yes. until the Night Sisters yes. could like fully heal him. So I wonder if Yoda, like, it's not always just pure athleticism and, and cardio that he's coming on then, and he he's not actually fit and healthy. He just it's it's he channels the force enough to. You know, like flow flow through his body, so he can move like that. And then afterwards, maybe he needs a little nap. Maybe I mean, you never know. I mean, some words be... originals gets his slippers on. That... Exactly. I mean, that would have been if it is if this film was made today and there's post credit scenes. It, that would probably be the post credit scene. It'd be Yoda having a nap. I wouldn't be surprised to be honest. And that brings us to the end of the film, and it's sort of a um, weird little ending. You know, Anakin's had his arm chopped off. Um, there's unfortunately, unfortunately, no Warwick Davis no. in any of these films. No. Prior to last week, when we said we're going to look at every film, we're going to have where's Warwick, and we can't because I've had a look, and he's not in any of them. He's apparently, not. I thought for some reason that he was in all the prequels, but apparently he's not. We'll have to wait until we get to the original trilogy. Play where's where's Wicket, Warwick the Wicket. Where, where's Wicket? I'm Wicket pretty sure that he's That's in... his character, isn't it? It he's is in the, the he's in the prequels yeah. as well, I think, but they don't exist. So, no, they didn't exist. No, no, who knows? Who knows what's going on? Um, also, there's nothing at the end of the credits. I did forward to the end, and there's no Vader breath this time, unfortunately. No, but there is a Vader breath. Oh, where was it? There was a Vader breath somewhere, and I can't was remember there? where it was now. Yeah, I, I don't remember that. 
trying to remember where it was, but you hear it at some point. Oh. Oh, it's when when Anakin's killing the Sand People, Yoda's sensing yeah. it, isn't he? Here and he hears Qui Gon shouting, "Anakin, stop!" Oh, Yoda yes. hears that, and right at the end of that, if you listen very carefully, you hear a Darth Vader breath. Right, I'm going to have a watch of that scene after that. Sorry, it took me a while and... to remember, but the, yeah, if, if you go back to that bit where Yoda's sensing it, if you listen very closely, you can, it's like half a breath, it's just a bit. Right, I'm going to have a look after this. I'm gonna I might be tripping, and have a look. but I was pretty sure that I heard it. Okay, so you might be tripping, but we're going we're gonna to try and corroborate this and confirm it for next week. But I think that nicely wraps us up in a nice little bow. And brings us to the end of Attack of the Clones. Now, we've got to rate it. Remember, five is the worst, one is the best, because if it's a higher score, then that's a more coarse sand. I'm going to give it, because I still think I enjoyed The Phantom Menace more, so I'm going to give it a three. Three for coarseness. I think I either had it on par with or slightly better than Phantom Menace. Better you might hate me, but I really like it. I like the characters. It's a bit over-animated for me in places, but it's quite meme-worthy. <laughs> um, it a lot is of very meme-worthy. I would, I would probably give it a two. I'd say it's not oh, that you're coarse. Going two, my God. So we've switched around our scores. Oh, no, 2.5, 2.5. 2.5, okay. So I think, so we're probably all like around the same, aren't we, then, about this film? Like, yeah. The beginning half is not great, and then it really picks up when it's all action all the time, which is what this film does really well. Large-scale battles, bring it on. Yeah. So next week, we're going to do Revenge of the Sith, and it's going to be a good time. And then potentially the week after like we've mentioned it's going to be those first two episodes of Obi-Wan con Obi yes definitely we might have to record that one a little bit later than usual though because that'll yes. be on Friday the 27th no is it Friday the 27th is that going to be a Friday I've, I actually don't know jump so to check 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th yeah it will be Friday the Oh, we've got Friday, Friday the, the 13th this yeah. week. Um, so Friday the 27th, um, what am I doing Friday the 27th? I don't know what I'm doing Friday the 27th, but I know, I think I'm in Liverpool all that week, I don't know. Um, so the thing is, look, I love this and I'm, I'm actually going to leave all this in. We're actually discussing on the podcast our schedules, it's great. <laughs> I think... We should watch them, if we can, on that Friday. Oh, I will try. do. I will do. And as soon as we've watched them both, record straight away. In the evening. Yeah, I'm down for and that. And just do an hour. Yeah, I think that's a good plan. Oh, yeah, I'm down for that. Okay, now that is how easy it is, guys. If you want to set up a podcast, you go, let's do this and do it at this time and say yes. That yes. is how you do a podcast. Oh, yeah. Great times. Right, there's some music playing right now that's almost the music that wasn't the music that was actually Jamie here's the music here we go this is the music playing it's been a pleasure talking to you Jamie this week about this film likewise very very enjoyable yeah it's been very good and we'll come back at you next week 
for more Babbler's Guild with Revenge of the Sith. Goodbye. Goodbye there. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye there. That's incredible. I'm stopping this recording. (laughs) Bye.